0: We're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 177, Mastodon. Hosted by Dan Terry.
1: Very first album they've released in like 20 years, so, you know, check that shit out. David
2: Van Zant. Windows Media Player Graphics in the background. (laughs) Yep.
0: And Joseph Wren. And isn't that exactly what you want? David Van Zant reacts the profane deathcore. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your Megazord transformation failed because you brought the wrong animals, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is David. What's up?
1: Well, I'm super, super stoked to be talking about Mastodon tonight. I know you guys are too. In case you didn't know, I mean, Mastodon was a Christian rock band formed by brothers Dino and John Elfonte of, uh, of, of you know, Kansas. So I mean, this is gonna be pretty exciting. I mean, they've got a, uh, they've got it's a jungle out there. They've got three. They've got Revolution of Mind. They've got all kinds of just 80s rock, hard rock, almost metal bangers out there. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. We're gonna talk about the real Mastodon. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> I was about to ask, did we listen to the same band this week? (laughs) Yeah, I need to prepare for this. I I listened to the wrong albums this week. Well, dude, Mastodon is one of those bands. When you say the name, I immediately think, okay, so we're going to be death metal. We're going to be screaming. We're going to have odd time signatures. It's going to be dark. And it is that sometimes. But then we get this weird... False thrash thing with even some blues slide guitar shit thrown in every now and then. What the actual fuck? That is my question. I mean, everybody likes a smoothie.
1: I like a smoothie. I had a, I had a green tea and pear juice smoothie from Smoothie King last week, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I list, I drank it while listening to Mastodon.
2: I can't take you seriously saying that wearing a name palm death shirt.
1: I got <laughs> with <this> Smoothie King. <laughs> So, uh, I pulled up to Smoothie King, right, and, uh... How can I take your order, sir? Well, here's what I want, okay? I want you to take some <clears throat> green tea, <laughs> and, um, if you could put just, like, a dab of pear juice in there for me as well, and then a little bit of, uh, of low-fat yogurt, you know, in there. If you could just, like... Blend that shit together And let me consume it <laughs> As I will consume it to get my daily
0: calories Hang Which I burn with my body Excuse me, um, give me just a moment um, Manager, person David, for the purposes of this joke uh, This guy's wearing a napalm death shirt But he's not asking for anything Closely related to black coffee um, Is he good? Is he wearing a mask? No, he's got a giant beard though, it's pretty awesome Yeah, yeah get out of here <laughs> But you know what else sounds really good? fucking mastodon
1: it's been way too long it's one of the most requested episodes for us to do so far like it, that we haven't done yet i think we might have gotten more requests for other bands but as it stands right now mastodon has been described by listeners as the big gaping hole in our show lineup and uh, so you know eventually we were gonna have to talk about mastodon and this is really 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 hard because like there's so many different directions and movements and things associated with what this band does and i said movements i I didn't say well lots of riff changes and weird time signatures and i mean it it has that but uh i this is a strange band that does a lot of strange things But for some
0: reason I don't consider them a progressive band So we'll just, you know, kind of go from there Well before we go from there And find ourselves a Zeo Crystal I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone For listening to the podcast Thank you for listening and for subscribing If you are not a subscriber, then you can find Everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com We're on Spotify Apple and Google Podcasts TuneIn Radio, Stitcher So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home You have no excuse Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography
1: Discussion. And I love this one. This one says it all. This is from Diabolical NV from Great Britain. The title is five-star reviews are good. I agree. And then he says, so is this podcast. I agree. You did it, dude. Thank you so much. The other cool thing is that apparently we jumped to number 63 in the United States under uh, music commentary in Apple Podcasts, which is pretty pretty amazing. I know we were getting up there pretty high in Finland as well,
0: so uh, thank you to all of our finland listeners i think our listeners can get us just a little bit higher somewhere in the area of top 50 come on let's do it i mean we could try it i need everybody's help on this one go give us a review five stars give us the thumbs up whatever it is on your iphone i'm currently rocking an android so i can't participate it's a me problem not a you problem we got a comment on episode one seven zero dry kill logic this is from dry kill logic who retweeted oh. our show on Twitter and said, Thank you, Discuss Metal, an incredibly honest and articulate assessment of our career, music, and place in metal. Highly recommend you check out all their stuff. I'm a little bit speechless on this one. Yeah, No,
1: that was awesome. I definitely was not expecting that to jump across the feed today. So thank you, Dry Kill
0: Logic. <laughs> There's actually a reply from someone named Scooby-Doo Canned Do. Hell yeah. Says, so any chance of any new music on the horizon? I agree. That's a great question. Can we get some more dry kill logic? I
1: mean, that would, that would be pretty amazing, I would say. We got an email from David Wilson. He says, thanks for a discography discussion from the UK. David says, hi, I just wanted to thank you for the great podcast. I am a butcher from Southwest England, and oh, I've fuck. binged on the pod in the last month often while smashing up carcasses (laughs) this pod has i like how he doesn't specify what type of carcasses we're assuming it's (laughs) we're we're assuming it's animal carcasses but we don't know it's Uh, metal man it is so metal he says the pod has widened my listening by reminding me of bands i had forgotten or steered me back to some bands i had dismissed example poison the well on one sucky live show as well as turning me towards some sweet ones i had missed particularly in the u.s and scando metalcore and death metal being of a similar age to you guys I have had different waves of interest in metal and a lot of these bands have been American So your perspective from closer to that scene gives a cool angle, please Could I suggest you perhaps cover the discography of Earth Crisis, Melvins, Botch, Coalesc, Keelhall, Kylisa, isis sun or just Sun. i know i'm a noob if i say sun david's losing his shit over here like dude this
2: guy's my new best friend i would love to do a botch earth crisis and coalesce that'd be amazing just do it as
1: one giant episode right can we please that'd be amazing the first ever triple threat match in the history of Disgustmetal.com. the next band he wants to hear us talk about is mastodon well you're in luck my friend congratulations you picked the right week to send an email absolutely high on fire Uh, and Nails, plus a couple of my favorite UK bands, Discharge, Iron Monkey, and Electric Wizard. I saw Electric Wizard at their last London show, and it was awesome. Plus, I chatted with the amazing Liz Buckingham afterwards. Thank you very much. We got an email from Todd. Todd says, Iron Maiden discography discussion. Hey guys, I would love an Iron Maiden discography discussion. Found you guys a couple of months ago, and I'm going through some shows. I think it's really interesting to hear others that have the polar opposite opinion of an album than me. Uh, I agree 100. percent That's kind of the most fun part about doing this is uh, just seeing people kind of come back after we do an episode and say, "Wow, I can't believe that you thought that about this record because it, it, like it's my favorite one or um, or you loved this and I think it's hot garbage," you know. <laughs> so absolutely, the, these opinions are what makes this so much fun. So Dan, tell me about Mastodon. Well, Mastodon is a metal band from Atlanta, Georgia. Here in the good old U.S. of A. They came out in 2000, which is really hard for me to process that that was 20 years ago. But for, for whatever reason, uh, we're just going to kind of move through it. And I'm going to feel really old as this, goes, uh, as this goes the way I think it goes. Mastodon's a really interesting band. They do not have any albums that sound like any of their other albums. They don't sound like a different band on each album, but they
0: definitely don't repeat themselves. If there was ever a template for play whatever you wanted to play today but not take yourself so seriously that you need to sell it to me the listener as a progressive direction or we changed our style because it's 1995 and we need to sound like Alice in Chains this would be it when I listen to Mastodon it all flows together but they have their eras less than three years apart between albums. It's very enjoyable. It was not challenging to listen to all of these records this week. I didn't have to put myself in a progressive metal or death metal or opeth mindset. The early records, I thought that's where we were going to go. And eventually, the slide guitar showed up, and it was just a breath of fresh air. What's the matter, Joe? You didn't like talking about Gore Guts? I enjoyed talking about Gore Guts. I didn't want to talk about Gore Guts again. We haven't revisited a band that quickly ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah,
2: man, Mastodon's what's happened. What happens when you get four insanely talented musicians and keep them together for 20 years? Like, what other band can you name? Well, I'm sure there's a lot, but there's not very many bands that have stayed together for 20 years and put out this many albums and haven't had lineup changes, at least in that in that genre.
0: I can't think of one. The list of bands I can think of that have never changed a single member is very small and none of them are consistently releasing records. It's 2020. We're overdue for a Mastodon album by their timeline.
2: Yeah, and it's never like um what's the lead what's the main lead guitar player's name Brent? It's not his show. Like all four of them show up. All four of them are so talented and i think that's why you get a different sound on every single album because it's a it's collaborative effort
1: it's really weird considering how they started where they ended up and i think that's going to be the most interesting part of this discussion because i remember hearing their first album remission i heard uh i heard march of the fire ants on a headbangers ball compilation And obviously was completely blown away because that song is badass and uh mastodon was one of the heaviest bands i'd ever heard not even because they're playing like extreme metal or death metal they just on on remission they were uncompromisingly brutal but like almost in like a production heavy kind of way like 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 brutal riffs not necessarily just like blasting
0: Although there is some blasting This album sounds like the Melvins decided to try metalcore one time Interesting I have no idea what to say to that (laughs) Uh, Interesting (laughs) Yeah It uh, has the metalcore vibes But they're power chord heavy Almost new metal-ish in tone So for me that's like you take the punk rock energy of the Melvins And just throw some metalcore on it and see what happens I didn't say it was bad. It's just not what I was expecting from a band called Mastodon. Again, I'm expecting death metal straight out of the early days of Opeth. Blackwater Park, anybody? We don't get that just yet. Well, I think it's got kind of a similar vibe to kind of the early Opeth
1: in approach, not necessarily in sound. But th- there's this idea of of wanting to cram as much stuff into each song. And somehow make it all work. I think that's the weirdest thing, Whereas, as as disjointed as this record may sound on paper, it it all works. Like, when you're listening to it, you're just kind of grooving through it. And um, I definitely appreciate this version of Mastodon quite a bit, because I think when this band caught on and got got bigger later on in their career, they were kind of seen as this, like, more mainstream metal act and and people kind of didn't like them because they just weren't like they weren't brutal enough or whatever and I remember always like kind of having this album and as reference to think like yeah these guys could absolutely just
0: tear down the fucking house at any moment I remember that perception very early on when people mentioned Mastodon it sounded like a band that had been mainstream heavy for years but they were arguably brand new at the time they were, and that that's something that's really special about remission is that they're
1: a band that was brand new. It was their debut. yet they sounded like an ultra experienced band. and and I thought that that was really really unique about them at the time. You know, I like the harsh vocals. I like the songs because they kind of ebb and flow and kind of grind kind of slowly and like not not slow, like but they never play like blisteringly fast. And if they do, it's done in like shorter segments. And I don't know, man, like it's really hard to put a finger on it. I'm going to say that a lot in this episode, but like remission is equal parts brutal, but also has like really fucking gnarly guitar solos. (laughs) And um, I I don't know, they they never, they never venture too far into any one direction. This is almost kind of like the safest Mastodon record, because as they go on, there's some things that you're just going to have to accept moving forward. And this is the first one that I think in a lot of ways you know would appeal to the most metal fans at the same time
2: dude i love it so i i'd never heard the first album i kind of only knew about mastodon in like their kind of middle middle albums like their third and fourth album era so going back and listen to this it it just kind of blew me away like the harsh vocals he, he sounds like he could front a hardcore band i'm not sure if that's brent doing the the um those screams or if that's the bass player but those those are just hardcore vocals. And I was loving it. And then the drummer. We'll probably po- talk about um, Brand Daler a whole bunch. But clear, clear heavy jazz influence. And you're listening to this kind of like heavy metal progressive metal core version of music but then with a drummer that just puts a fill in every single second of every track possible almost to the point where it's like all right dude calm down but it never it never gets old and never gets boring he's just putting fills and hi-hats in every second of every song i love it and then he got four dudes like all four guys are playing instruments you don't have just a lead singer so that's why they have those long uh, segments of every song where they can fit in a whole bunch of different genres into one track because everyone's playing something.
1: Yeah, and like everybody does vocals to some degree. And yeah. I think and, and I find that really fun. It's just like it's almost like the Beatles in the in the sense of like, you know, yeah, you go ahead and sing lead on this one and I'll do backups and the next one I'll sing lead and you know like that gets really, really, really crazy as they go on. But this record's probably Probably their most solid from a heaviness perspective, and uh, I could see why they had the mainstream appeal if they do, because you really can't pigeonhole this into any one genre. You know, Joe, Joe said metalcore, but it's not really that. A lot of people say it's like stoner metal, but it's not really that. Um, they get there eventually. yeah, I mean, some people say it's hard rock and it's definitely not that on this record. Um, so it's it, it's such a mishmash of different styles that it's hard to make heads or tails of. but I guess the you know the reason people listen to this show did we like it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah I, I love no yeah, I love every minute of it regardless of how disjointed it may be. there's no bad ideas here. No, one of my favorite uh, Mastodon records is the first one. I say that
2: about almost every band, but this is me coming in with zero nostalgia at all. It was one of my favorite Mastodon
1: records. Yeah, for me, for the longest time, it was the only Mastodon record that I had to listen to. So uh, I, got, I got pretty attached to it. It's not my favorite, though, but it's damn close. 2004, Leviathan. You guys like Moby Dick? I love albums about Moby
0: Dick. Oh, yeah, I've never actually read Moby Dick. It seems really boring. My favorite Moby Dick interpretation is the made-for-TV movie starring Patrick Stewart as Captain Ahab. Yeah, but I mean, that was badass. Absolutely. It always
1: reminds
2: me of the uh, Macaulay Culkin in The Pagemaster. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that movie was terrible. Oh, I loved it. That's why I think of Moby Dick every time.
1: (laughs) So I'm not really sure why Mastodon decided to write an album about Moby Dick, but I'm glad that they did.
0: Now I don't have to read the book. I could just listen to this Mastodon record. You get the majority of the story here. I don't think there's anything missing that you need to know. No, and then, you know, here's the thing about this record. It is riff salad, man. Absolutely.
1: They they play out so many different riffs on this record. And this is weird because this record, the first thing that you notice is that Remission had a very, 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 like, full sound to it. Whereas Leviathan sounds, ironically, much more dry oh yeah and and kind of like sure yeah kind of chill you know um and so the riffs don't hit hard they're not here to pummel you on this record but it's like it's like you're going over to your favorite pothead friend's house and he's got his guitar out and he's like dude check out this riff hey david that's Uh, a nice gibson you
0: got there call me a pothead
1: (laughs) and then like and then like four hours later he's done playing some riffs for you and you're like what the hell was that that's Leviathan.
0: <laughs> this yeah, is this... thrash metal riff salad. It's dry in 2004 when it had no business to be dry. If you had a dry record then, it was because it was digitally recorded and mixed to sound like shit on purpose. This sounds like an old school album, and I love it.
2: Yeah, it's like their first foray into like their later sludge metal you know, tropes, but this one, they still have like you said, an insane amount of riffs and then bring it all back to the drummer, man. He's just putting fill after fill after fill, and Tom runs galore laying on hi hats, different time signatures. It's like sludge metal without the sludge. I'm not sure how that makes sense,
1: but it's exactly what I think of when I hear this album. It's more stoner metal than, than sludge metal, you know, in, in, in yeah, the I sense so. that like, they're just going to show you some fucking riffs right now. And the vocals, it's funny. It's because like the vocalist and the drummer, are, like, the only things that make it recognizable as Mastodon uh, uh, musically. And even then, it's a little bit different. Like, it's, like, less, like, hardcore screaming and more, like, um, a dude growling at you in a creepy pirate voice, Um, which is what you get pretty much throughout this entire record. I didn't know
0: we were listening to (laughs) (laughs) Ailstorm.
1: Yeah, it's pirate metal before there was pirate metal, but it's not that. Um, pirate metal is worthless but anyway uh Fuck there you. is th- there's just something about this record that i love because it's more focused than remission was it, it follows kind of a theme because as much as i'm like oh it's riff salad it's riff salad usually when people say riff salad they mean there's like no point to it it's just directionless but this is very 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 directed but it's still a salad it's just like somebody took a really long fucking time to make that salad you know, and they, they made sure every single ingredient and in it was just right. Oh, dude, we're measuring the salt by the gram
0: in this vinaigrette.
1: Absolutely, you know, you're, <laughs> you're like taking the you're like taking the razor blade and making sure it's exactly a tablespoon. Like you're just absolutely fucking yeah, I mean, <laughs> But this record is there's really no other way to say it. And I hate dropping the M word like so quickly in the discography, but it's a masterpiece. It's the first Mastodon masterpiece because it tells an epic story it's not an original story but musically it's an original story and that's that's what i love about it Uh, i love that it's much more focused it follows a common theme Um, there are musical uh flourishes that are revisited throughout the record certain themes um this is where music starts sounding super composed so like you're gonna you're gonna listen to the first two tracks and think to yourself like man these guys were like seriously like laying down some like stoner riffs But as you listen to it, you start realizing how intentional
0: and intricate it all actually is. Is this a modern example of old school opera composition where somebody would commission the writer to take a story and create an opera of it? I mean, I don't want to get like too
1: fancy pants about it, but (laughs) like it's I guess so. I, I don't know anything about opera, but I can say that this was very, very intentional. And it showed that Mastodon is interested in doing concept records without calling them concept records. This is also kind of the introduction to like some of that more like creepy, melodic uh, flourishes that they do. You know, like, they're very, like, Mastodon, when I think of Mastodon, all I think about is, like, a... Like, that almost sitar-sounding that's what makes mastodon and this is this is i think the first record where that sound really starts to kind of come out and play and they get kind of almost that like more mystical
0: uh vibe to their music 2006. i'm gonna use the voice just one time blood mountain
1: <laughs>
0: blood mountain holy shit. we're gonna play faster we're gonna play more intense we're going to have harmonized main vocals. It's so fucking old school thrash. It's not even funny. I love it. They also took a ton of drugs. I don't know if they did
1: or not, but it sure sounds like it. Oh shit. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> what I thought was really funny about the lyrical theme on this record was that Troy Sanders uh said in an interview, yeah, it's about climbing up a mountain and the different things that can happen to you when you're stranded on a mountain in the woods and you're lost and you're starving. Hallucinating, running into strange creatures. Wait, what was that last one? What the <laughs> shit? <laughs> <laughs> You're being hunted. It's all about that whole struggle. And, like, it's about a guy searching for a crystal skull that's on the top of Blood Mountain. So, like, I mean, I'm not saying drugs, but that's drugs,
0: right? <laughs> There's something in there, man. That's drugs or a really weird dream. Either way, the concept is very strange and yeah it sounds like something i've heard before sounds like something i've heard described in most acid trips
2: well this This is their first album where they start getting like a little bit more progressive and i see where the progressive tag gets thrown on them just because the only album you've ever heard of uh from mastodon is blood mountain you could definitely get that from it
1: yeah and i think this was mastodon's first pretentious record too this is where i feel like they kind of bought into all their hype and they're like okay this next one needs to be a total a total masterpiece. Congratulations, you have succeeded. Yeah, do, you they,
2: do you think they delivered? Because I don't know. I think if, if pretentious is always a bad thing, but if you have confidence going into it and you put out an album like Blood Mountain, which is my favorite uh, Mastodon album, then you delivered. He's pondering.
1: I think that Blood Mountain is absolutely awesome. It's not my favorite record, but. And I do think I do think that the pretentious tag still stands, and that's only because like a lot of the records that I love are pretentious as hell, you know. And so it, for me, it's not a bad thing. But I can definitely see it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like with Between the Barry to Me when they put out Colors, and then they put out The Great Misdirect. You know, they put out Colors and it was like, whoa, what the hell was that? You know, and now it's like, no, well, now we got to do it again. I think that they had they had reached kind of a really cool spot with Leviathan and there i think that there was some pressure in that okay we have to release another another epic you know sweeping type of thing but what they do differently here is instead of just following you know a book for their inspiration they come up with a completely new concept which is just like bananas i mean just a a totally a totally messed up creepy concept but they follow it and they give it just as much uh, of the treatment as they gave Moby Dick. you know, and I think that's I think that worked in their favor. Uh, a lot more psychedelic elements thrown into this record. Uh, it's super weird and super creepy in places. and um, I think it conveys the the storyline pretty well. Yeah, I think this
2: is the last album where we get um, a lot of the like Joe was saying old school thrash from. But then the first album that we get more of like the stoner sludge uh some progressiveness that we see in the later albums of mastodon so it's kind of like a turning point where they hit their stride And it is also like the third album where we saw a huge shift in vocals for the first one is just like those hardcore screams the second one is more like the growl more hard rock uh version from brent and then in blood mountain they just kind of do like a little bit of everything he screams He does his growl he does clean singing he does crazy tremolo effects on certain tracks he has a couple tracks where he does a lot more in later albums but he kind of taps into some ozzy osbourne with like his little like pinched falsetto that he hits um i'm not sure i mean it could be brent it could be the bass player it could be the drummer um but someone is doing that and you see that a lot in later albums And it's the first time we see it so i kind of look at this as like the blood mountain where they get to the top and then kind of crescendos into something else for the rest of the, the last four albums of their career
0: they very clearly have influences in all types of metal but nothing sounds blatantly like a ripoff. today i was listening to king diamond so i did this vocal on this track it legitimately sounds like influence and they're executing it in a fluent way. It makes sense, even though it can be insane at times, what they're doing works on every riff, on every song. It really does, and
1: it's really hard not to just say, like, yep, this is the best one, Um, because it is now, this this is such a transitional record for them because everything that you like about Mastodon is on this record. As they go forward, they're gonna lose a little bit of that, aggressive edge you know but there's a lot of people out there that didn't like the first two albums because they were too vocally heavy or, or whatever so so you're getting more you're getting more of kind of like an acid rock vocal approach here totally and it's awesome like it's cool it's it's very stoner it's very 70s totally and, and yeah I love it man like it's definitely the kind of like I mean it's in a certain sense it's kind of trailer park music <laughs> you know a little bit like
2: it sounds Dollar like land trailer park
1: yeah like it it sounds like you know homie's like sitting there you know outside of a bonfire sitting right outside of his trailer surrounded by god's creation you know but he's just singing some songs to himself you know and there's some glowing green eyes come coming from the woods you know like it's like that sort of right. vibe right <laughs> shut up
0: dude don't blow my cover
1: right uh <laughs> it's joe in night vision goggles every time but <laughs> goggles. Yeah, goggles. You heard me right. Damn it. But yeah, so this was this was their big transition record and yeah. um and yeah, so it's fantastic and it is kind of like an end of an era for them. I
2: think that's what I was getting at where like
1: you have all the he- super heavy
2: hardcore elements from not hardcore but super like heavy brutal elements from their first two albums and then moving into their um uh, their their later sound is kind of like the peak of that that pyramid that you see. Absolutely. It kind of like uh, hate to compare them to Led Zeppelin, but like Led Zeppelin's always one of those bands that always sounded different, but always yeah. sounded like Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin. Like you always knew it was Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, you know.
0: And you always remember it one way, even though they went multiple directions.
2: Totally, totally. So from like Led Zeppelin one, two, three, especially between three and four, totally different sounds but you always knew it was Zeppelin and that's kind of where Mastodon is right now. And this third album going through it this week proved that to me where it's like all three albums you can put on. It's like, that's Mastodon and I wouldn't pick out one single track from any of these albums. I think you have to listen to them as a full unit. I wouldn't want to pull out like any track um, and listen to it single. I would want to listen to it in its full entirety. And that's what makes this band great. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, cause normally I listen to these albums when I'm at work throughout the week really couldn't do that with mastodon i felt like i felt like i needed to pay attention like just to make sure i wasn't missing anything and uh and i'm really glad that i did that because i got kind of a greater sense of what the vibe was yeah because like when you're at work you know maybe you've only got one earbud in or whatever it doesn't make for a good listening experience yeah your attention's not there yeah it might be fine for like insert deathcore band you know 33 here But like, yeah, for something like Mastodon, you really have to pay attention because it is artful and it's very masterful and you you can miss that if you're not paying attention. Totally. 2009. Crack the Sky. Is this your favorite album, Dan? This is the best Mastodon album. Not my favorite. No, it is my favorite. Not (laughs) Not just my favorite, but I think the best overall. And I say that because, yeah, we talked about Blood Mountain being, you know kind of their transition album, you know, out of being a super heavy band, more kind of into what they are now. Right. Because it's Blood Mountain. (laughs) But Crack the Sky is equal parts metal, classic rock, hard rock, and it's mystical and creepy and deals with extremely dark themes, which I will try to sum up the best that I can about what the story of this album is. This is King Diamond levels of dark concepts. I was thinking King Crimson, but that's just me. It's just sad. <laughs> it just made me, the
2: the where the album came from, the inspiration for it, the title track. It's just
0: a great album, but man, what a bummer. David got done listening to this record and said, I don't like how this record made me feel. I didn't, dude, and I. So shout out to uh,
2: my boy Russell uh, in the in the face down group. He was really like when he found out we were doing this episode. He was like, "Let me know when you get to crack the sky." And uh, I texted him afterwards. I was like, "Dude, I just finished listening to it." He was like, "What'd you think?" I was like, "Man, it just it just hurt." And he goes, "Exactly. It makes you feel so much." And then he gave this long drawn out explanation of why it's his favorite Mastodon album, and I, it made me appreciate it so much more. But still, dude, like heavy, heavy, heavy.
0: You should have him right into the show, so we can read that on the next episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd love <laughs> yeah I, will. I, will. I will read that detailed explanation. Um, this is a really, really, really weird concept, because like they're kind of at a point where they're like, we're doing concept records all the time now. Um, they will knock that shit off quickly, but uh, for now, we're still firmly in concept record territory. So this album is about a quadriplegic who can't obviously can't move right or go anywhere. So he learns astral projection, and uh, he flies into outer space, and really close to the sun, and burns a golden umbilical cord in space. It's not as crazy as the ten-speed bicycle, but it's up there. Golden <laughs> I was um, thinking, umbilical
2: cord, I was thinking about that. Yeah. In
0: space.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, he he it severs his connection to his body and Earth. So he's like in space floating through space in like uh, spirit form uh you know in oblivion get it get it um but uh yeah and then he ends up like and it, this is hard to follow and i'm, I'm you know trying to summarize it the best i can he essentially ends up getting put into the body of rasputin and then like when rasputin is murdered or executed depending on how you how you view it I wish Mike was here. He could He's tell us the whole butter, story. Uh, but cool. uh, when Rasputin died, this quadriplegic dude and Rasputin's souls are now, like, floating out in the ether. And then they, like, literally run into the devil. And the devil tries to steal their souls. It's just completely fucking crackers, dude. Like, um, and, and, I, and I love it because it's just so balls out, at, like, craziness. Is David Bowie a tea kettle in this example? no but this is just really um this is really out there and like normally like if i'd have read that if i would have read that plot synopsis to myself before ever hearing this album i probably wouldn't have even listened to the record because of how like crazy it is however there is such a profound musical statement made on this record it's still very much Mastodon but my god those clean vocals come in smooth and they hit you they hit you so hard yeah clean vocals hit you hard oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> how often how often do we say that on this show like never and this album is slow it's dirty but the songs are so much more memorable than they were on Blood Mountain and that's that's why I give this record kind of the edge over Blood Mountain because they're both masterpieces but this one really they found it was like their third shot at writing a masterpiece and i feel like this time they nailed it totally so <clears throat> super um, sad though yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so like the the whole concept part is one thing but then the album's original inspiration and inspiration for the title track was the drummer Daler's uh sister who committed suicide at the age of 14 whose name which, was guy? Like, yeah was the same as sky so that was killer and then just the lyrics of so like i read that and then i read the concept part and i started listening to the album and like totally into it and then the very end of the title track where because um, brent's lyrics or i'm assuming i hate to always say it's brent but whoever the lead singer majority on this album is um you can hear his vocals so much more. And you can p- pick out the lyrics so much more yeah. on this album than the previous three. So the last stanza of the title track, uh, please tell Lucifer he can't have this one. Her spirit's too strong. It's written all over your face. I can see the pain. You can make it all go away like that dedicated to his sister. Man, that's what just like cut me with the biggest knife possible. But
0: like you said, it's a fucking masterpiece. Like, this album is perfect. I wonder what came first. Did they write the music or did they sit down and have a conversation with the drummer? Like, I have this idea for a concept, but it's going to be very, very personal. From what I've read in different interviews, it's
2: kind of the latter. So when I was when I was reading different interviews between mostly the bass player it seems to be the most vocal part of the band to the press. That whenever they get in to write the music, Brent's always in his studio writing all the guitar riffs. But then when it comes down to the concept, they just all kind of get together of like what's been happening. You know, another trip, another trip around the sun. Like what's been happening this past year, and you get to the. know the final album or the last album that they have and the concept with that with cancer and all that so it seems like it's the latter of let's write the music but let's figure out what's been going on in our lives and how we can put that into this but anyway back to music
1: yeah it's funny so interesting side note the very first time i ever listened to uh crack the sky i was doing a college paper about uh xerxes and his invasion of greece so i have a totally different visual image of everything going on with this record because all i'm thinking about is like an army invading ancient greece like and it's it's really that's funny weird. yeah i feel like i feel like i could sing i, I feel like i could sync up uh um like 300 <coughs> up to this album
2: yeah that's what i was picturing yep I, I like uh i like the track bizarre um usurper escape martyr spiral that um and i was texting that that dude russell about it that reminds me of like if Ozzy Osbourne was fronting Pink Floyd during the Dark Side of the Moon era. Yeah, like the vocals and the music in the background are just so freaking epic. Uh, that's that's the best description I can give that to. And notably, the first album that Mastodon put out without a, uh, a shout out to The Elephant Man, because the first three had that, you know, yeah, inspir- had an uh, Elephant instrumental Man. track for The Elephant Man. Yeah. Do we know why they did that?
1: Is there any significance to.
0: I'm not allowed Mastodon? to discuss The Elephant Man. Yeah, get in trouble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I found The Elephant Man to be a very depressing movie. Um, and so I don't like to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, th- this is. Uh, and, and no i don't know the significance of it but they were always bitching instrumentals um yeah correct this guy is just what what i love about a record like this too is it's like equal parts kind of progressive and up its own ass but not bad um but it's not super long either like i, I love that about the record that it still clocks in at less than an hour it, With like, less
2: tracks though it's the first time that they have like tracks that are
1: longer than six minutes yeah yeah, see, yeah, because you got the Tsar, which is like 10 minutes, and then uh, the Last Baron is 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely going into Opeth territory uh, totally. with some of these more epic songs. But, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of, in a lot of ways, and this is going to probably piss a bunch of people off, and I apologize, this is kind of the last great Mastodon record um, in, in the traditional sense of Mastodon, where you know going in you know it's going to be a big a big concept you know you know that it's going to tell a story you know that it's going to have musical you know theme and in all of that and the records take forever to kind of write and so i i kind of understand why uh mastodon decided to not go in that direction with the next record
0: 2011 the hunter and we are straight back to the trailer park with this one. Absolutely, fucking <laughs> dude. It's not really this a trailer is, uh, park, it's like a camper. Stoner metal.
1: <laughs> this is stoner metal at its peak. This is a, a camper somewhere. Um, this is a fucking great record. Like and I you know, I said the track this guy was the last great Mastodon record. But I did throw in a little caveat of, in the traditional sense, I kind of like this Mastodon Unchained, where you really can't predict where they're going to go at any given moment. You know, the hunter is not tied together by any particular theme. It's not tied together by a concept. You're just getting a collection of whatever cool shit
0: Mastodon came up with that day. And isn't that exactly what you want when you are listening to Mastodon, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh,
1: this is this is one of the weirdest fucking records I've ever heard in my life, uh, just because of the weird combinations of psychedelia and like um, like weird hard rock <laughs> vocalizations. Like, I can't, I cannot make heads or tails of it, to be honest. And I, I like that about it. Like, we're so far beyond like it being a metal band. Like, there is elements there, but like it's it's just gotten. I don't know, man. It's just such a like a weird freak out of a record. <laughs> yeah. And they
2: got a lot of like melodic, uh, melodic uh, guitar pieces to it. Like the the opening riff for Octopus Has No Friends is like one of the most melodic parts of any Macedon song on the, on their entire discography. And even like the, uh, the chorus,
1: his melodies totally out of left field for Macedon, but it still fits. Yeah. And they were at like the height of their popularity here too so this record makes sense in a certain way it's not a sellout record but it definitely has more like singles material yeah because each song is kind of its own self-contained thing
0: which i know sounds like super basic but it's 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 really different for this band it's almost like a between the buried and me situation where we did the concept so well maybe we shouldn't do that again between the buried and me tried to do that again mastodon just backed off a little bit and put out some songs maybe crack the sky was just too painful or too intense because they had to play it live for at least two years i'm not going to say they took it easy but i think they knew how good crack the sky was so rather than try to top it or do more of the same they just gave that one to the fans and said here's the new record but we're not trying to do that again
2: yeah, this is when they like said that like they're obviously a metal band, but they can still do like rock and hard rock and do it right and do it well. And this is like the first album that I think that they kind of delivered on that aspect of it as well. It's not as like riff oriented as the past couple albums have been. Like even Brent, reading the interview, said it's like a heavier Led Zeppelin, which I can totally see where he's getting at from that. But um, yeah, it's just like a straightforward heavy rock album
1: yeah it's different and yeah obviously curl the burl was the uh was the big was the big single and have have any of us like really like does anybody anybody know what curl the burl even means no, but I'm going I gonna say no using fucking
0: it. clue. We use it in
2: everyday <laughs> language now, man. Instead of saying like that's the way the cookie rolls or the cookie crumbles, I'm gonna say, hey man, it's the curl of the burl, bro, bro. Let's, the let's get back to, to cookie do.
0: rolling. Where the fuck did that come from? Have you
2: guys <laughs> watched, have you, my, my buddy Andy, man, I used to work with this kid named Andy and uh <laughs> he would say that's the way the rock crumbles and that's the way the cookie rolls, and that's <laughs> I've been using that saying my whole life. So
0: I thought we were gonna go the weird out direction starring cookie monster. <laughs> well speaking but, uh, of weird did you guys watch the video for curl
1: the burl no i, I stayed away from all the music videos what's up oh my Explain god me. oh my god you, you have to watch this fucking video so like this dude is in the middle of the woods in a camper uh and he is chopping down trees well he chops down a fucking tree a really creepy fucked up looking tree and uh it has like a warning sign like do not cut down he cuts down the tree and then he like sniffs a bunch like he he he, he 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 like grinds a piece of the wood or bark into powder and then snorts it and then <laughs> he yeah and then he grows like an extra set of arms and it gets crazy like and he just starts like snorting more and more and more and more and more of it until he turns into a fucking tree and then <laughs> he, and, and then he gets set on fire by a group of people it's so whoa. drugs confirmed Drugs, drugs are not good for you kids you will, t- <laughs> you will turn Into a fucking tree and get set on fire So let's uh, I want to talk real quick about Just Mastodon's Cultural
2: influence Up to this point So by the time this album came out They were on like two or three soundtracks To Tony Hawk Pro Skater Which if you're on a soundtrack of Tony Hawk Pro Skater You're just cemented in music history Because those soundtracks are some of the best in the world Yeah Um, They pretty much scored the entire movie For Jonah Hex And Jonah Hex is a great movie It didn't do too well But I I would say it was a
0: great movie Just before the comic book movies Started to get really good Exactly Jonah Hex is a character that Let's put him back In the movies guys Come on Josh Bolin nailed it
2: And they They did an instrumental Score for that whole album For that whole movie They released it as an EP Which is awesome But then um, Let's talk about the bands That they've toured with Up to this point So The obvious ones uh, Being Slayer Trivium Lamb of God And Metallica You could totally see Mastodon on On that tour Um but then they're touring with bands like these arms are stakes snakes against me cursive planes mistaken for stars dillinger escape plan like these guys can just hang with anyone in any scene in any genre
0: are you really gonna skip the opening of the aqua teen hunger force movie
2: well, yeah, well, that I mean, <laughs> I've never seen, I know the name I've never seen. I was just going by pop culture that's relevant to me. But go ahead, Joe. Oh, shit, I'm just really? To say, Mastodon, well, go to your house
1: and tear your wife in half.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just relevant no matter what genre you listen to. If you're listening to heavy music, Mastodon's relevant to you in one way, shape, or form, whether you whether you know of them or not.
0: It's the name everybody knows and responds to. And respects, for the most part. I haven't heard. I haven't. I haven't seen much hate
2: on Mastodon.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of Mastodon hate, and that's actually the next point I wanted to bring up with talking. I kind of. I kind of lump uh, the Hunter and Once More Around the Sun kind of together um, because they were essentially kind of like written at the same time, 2014. But yeah, like on your point about them not really, nobody really talking shit about Mastodon, and kind of a common thread on this show. Everybody's always like. Uh, every episode of discography discussion Is how Dan liked the first two albums Because they were heavy And then they got softer and softer And before you know it he's going on a drunken rant About how they fucking <laughs> sold out You know
0: And I'm just like Do I need to bust out the time machine So we can go back and find that version of Dan <laughs> Yeah right I know people actually It's it's weird
1: people actually get pissed whenever I like bands it's I very... think everyone
2: here heard like Your Under Earth birthday episode and judged you basically on that one.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. It goes well, back much further than that. Well, back to Mastodon. Uh, it, it's not that I, I get mad when bands stop being like super heavy or super extreme. Mastodon is an exact example of what I'm talking about. When I say, dude, if you want to make more like popular rock music or go in a more mainstream direction, just just do it good. <laughs> yeah you know totally. like I, I don't expect you to do the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again some bands i expect that but with mastodon i don't uh, and i haven't quite figured out like what the secret is to that but um i think a lot of it is
2: this is their so talking about crack the sky or um or the hunter and then once more around the sun the Hunter's their fifth album they haven't had a single lineup change in five albums And all four of them, it's just four dudes, they are insane musicians. So you get four insanely talented musicians, I said at the beginning of the show. You keep on putting out album after album without taking crazy long hiatuses in between, like Tool does. Um, You're going to get a consistent sound with just different influences. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's always very interesting, and it's always very Mastodon. I think that's why this band gets a collective pass when it comes to... Yeah, they went like rock, but even though it's rock, it still like balls out insane, weird, off the path Mastodon.
2: <laughs> Although I will say once more Around the sun is beyond my least favorite <laughs> Mastodon album. Oh, you I don't like it. This one. I couldn't get into it, man. Is it I mean, is it just me or is it just a lot slower? I think up to this point I've been getting really used to just fast blistering. Even their, their you know, Hunters, like their rock album, uh, just fast Mastodon. This one just seems so slowed down, at least for my taste.
0: I think every record up to this point had something to latch onto, whether it was the concept or the tone. They all go fast or go slow. This one, if Mastodon ever had filler, this would be it. But filler compared to what? It's not as good as the other five records. It's not as good as Emperor of the Sand. Yeah, it's not a bad album. It's not like you know,
2: it's not a uh, year of the Black Rainbow for Coheed and Cambria where that was just a bad album by a great band and I couldn't stand it.
1: Here we are, Juggernaut. this
2: album. Oh yeah, this this album's not bad. It's a great album. It's great musicianship, great writing, great lyrics, great theme out of all seven my least my least enjoyable to listen to i think i'm not gonna i probably won't go back to listen to this one anytime soon compared to the others
1: well yeah i mean the other albums are so rich you know like they're so rich that like you really don't need this many records by this band i mean i know it sounds like crazy and they're it's not like they're like fucking us with records you know like they they don't have like 14 million records out but like yeah, I, I, I largely feel the same way about this one. And then again, that's kind of why I always say like I lump this and The Hunter together because I kind of feel like they both came from the same place creatively. And, you know, I don't know. The first time they did it, it was great. Like The Hunter was a much better record than it had any business being. And um, yeah, Once More Around the Sun was just like, I mean, it's almost there in the title. Like, yep, another year. Yep, another year. Another Mastodon record. You know, like, I, I don't know, maybe the only thing, and of, cur- of course, I, I, I don't know this personally, but I feel like there might have been a little bit of burnout here. That There might have been just a little bit of like, well, we're such a big deal now. that We have to consistently put out content, whether we're feeling it or not feeling it. And like you said, it's not like this is bad because these guys are great. So, like, they probably can't put out a shitty record. Yeah. Totally. So, so it's like it's not shit it's just not necessarily up to the same level as some of their other albums are yeah it has like the i don't want to say it has the least amount of direction but i
2: can't really think of anything else uh critically to say about it because i feel like you know obviously leviathan had the whole moby dick thing going uh blood mountain had the whole theme for it going crack the sky had the inspiration from his sister and the hunter was just a really really good rock record this one I feel like is just progressive to be progressive, and they jam on it for sure. Like the song I'm listening to right now, uh, "Ember City," just has like one of my favorite guitar solos out of all Mastodon. Um, but other than that, there's just not as much direction as the other six albums have.
1: I totally agree. Cool. 2017, Emperor of Sand. All right, guys, so we are definitely going back to concept land.
0: From across the desert sands, Graham can hear the sound of approaching the (laughs) hoofbeats.
1: Take a break on that one for a second. (laughs) Now I need to chug some water so I don't have a heart attack.
0: Uh. (laughs) What an episode. I didn't an expect episode. King's Quest references To go over so well <laughs> oh, in this podcast God. I'm sorry yeah. I, wasn't, we're
1: showing our nerd. I wasn't ready for it at all I'm sorry I don't know anyone else is
2: going to bust out a King's Quest Like reference in the middle of a heavy metal podcast Either though This guy, Emperor of the Sand Was not expecting After the last album Was not expecting to like this album I was kind of going into it And I, I listened to this album for the very first time Last night going into this morning was really going into it thinking okay so mastodon's peak has ended they don't have anything left in the tank this is going to be another filler album it's a great themes you know it's about a couple of the members uh family a couple of the members family members having cancer um totally respect that and relate to that but musically wasn't going to be into it this album is great it's faster it's more melodic it's heavier at times it's
1: everything i was missing from the last one it's like Crack the Sky too, in a lot of ways. Totally, great way to explain it. Totally. Yeah, like it's 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 very much in the same vein, and again, I, I feel like I've been saying this in the last few albums, or not few albums, but few uh, episodes. I almost like to rearrange the discographies to where they make they make sense, and this album feels like it should have come out before uh, before the last two, and come out right after Crack the Sky because it almost picks up right where that album left off. And it's about yeah. it's about a desert wanderer who's been handed a death sentence, but it's pretty obvious that uh, it's actually just about cancer and yeah. uh, and chemotherapy and very real world stuff. They they weren't as like I guess secretive or whatever about like what the concepts really were about, and that is one thing that I really like about Mastodon is that they could do a concept record, and it can be just that for you, but you you don't have to look too hard to find the real life inspiration behind a lot of it. Yeah. So it's not like it's not in your face of like
2: and I love concept albums like I'm a huge fan of the deer hunter and the deer hunter is just a concept record five of them in a row of this is the character this is a story it's not that in your face with it which I totally appreciate but it's also not so far ambiguous like i uh, i am hollywood by he is legend where they say it's a concept record but like can you really pick up any of the themes with it no not really i am hollywood
1: is not a concept record come on
2: yeah but they'll say it is you know so so that's what i'm getting at where it's not so far out of left field ambiguous that you can't relate to it mastodon perfected the the metal concept record i think
1: well yeah again they did that on crack the sky as well where you take real life pain and you put it into a story Cause, like, one of the one of the issues I've always had with concept records is that I just am so disconnected from it as a human being. A lot of a lot of concept records, I don't feel anything while I'm listening to them. Maybe I'm trying to follow the concept or you know read along with the lyrics or try to figure out what the story is, but I don't have that emotional connection. And they they they're able to do they, at least on two of their records, they've been able to evoke that feeling in me. The only feeling I got on Blood Mountain was creeped out. Yeah, which was the goal
0: Yeah, it's the point, man As an individual album, this one sounds like The Hunter picked right back up where they left off Once more around the sun, it just doesn't click But then this one has songs like Show Yourself Where we're going full hard rock
2: That's their most uh, commercially successful song, I think I think I read that somewhere Absolutely that was like, Yeah,
0: it be, was-
1: beat out yeah. Curl the Burl believe It is or not
0: almost the least mastodon sounding song that they've ever written but it's still good like you know it's it's definitely it
2: has a radio rock feel to it it's it's a little bit more i don't want to say poppier but it's it's more digestible i think than like anything pre the hunter
1: um but it's still a great song i did not watch the video for that one <laughs> i kind of
2: don't do music videos
1: anymore i've been trying to watch more videos for the show just to get some sort of frame of reference for it cuz Um, you know curl the burl was a song that just was so weird to me and then to watch that video i definitely like left with more questions than i had whenever i started (laughs) but uh i feel like it was worth it i you know i I wanted to see a dude become a tree and then get set on fire so thanks mastodon i appreciate that um yeah i think (laughs) i think this record is, is a great kind of comeback for a band that never really faded out you know We talk about comeback records, you know, being more for bands that maybe fucked up, (laughs) you know, and release something like really bad. Uh, Mastodon's never done that, but this is kind of like they took a break with those two albums and now they're kind of like returning
0: to it. Final thoughts on Mastodon.
2: I'm a fan now and I wasn't. uh, It's not that I hate it, Mastodon, but I didn't know enough about them. So going through the discography the past week, man, especially their first three albums and crack the sky, their first four albums. I'm a huge fan. now. I was actually looking at the, uh, some of the options for blood mountain and their first track, uh,
1: on vinyl. So I think I might, uh, pick one of those up, but yeah, huge fan. digging it. Dan, what about you? I think Mastodon is a national treasure. They really are like, they're that cool band that can hang with anybody. They can play any kind of show. Like you could book them on any tour and like oh it's a brutal death metal tour cool we got a whole album full of shit like that uh oh you you guys want like a psychedelic rock tour we got like multiple albums full of that like they can play any any kind of show they can play a mainstream rock show they go on tour with fucking nickelback for all i care like it'd be fine and um and and that's that's kind of kind of what i'm getting at this band is just incredible and there's really not a whole lot that you're going to be able to like pick apart or say is bad trust me i tried Gave it my best shot, but I just came away impressed throughout most of it. So if you haven't jumped on the Mastodon bandwagon yet, I mean, I don't know, man. You've had 20 years, so you might want
0: to get on that. It's all good. Listen to Mastodon in any form, everywhere that you can. If you're trying to think of the next thing to listen to and it's not Mastodon, you're probably thinking about it too hard. They do a little bit of everything that you love about metal, and they make everything they do sound good. So even if you're not a fan of the death metal that's in here, you're going to accept it because it works in the context of Mastodon. So listen to Mastodon if you are not. Dan, what's your album of the week? Uh, That would be the new album by Hum, Inlet. Very first album they've released in
1: like 20 years. So, you know, check that shit out. David, what about you?
2: I'm going to say Remission by Mastodon. Because every time I finished a Mastodon album that I haven't heard yet, I went back and listened to their first album. Their first album is amazing.
0: So good. For me, it's Judas Priest, Firepower. Still rocking Firepower, huh? I will rock Firepower until something else comes out that's better than Firepower. There you go. Take us out, DFT. If you've
1: ever been listening to this podcast and wanted to interact with us in some way, maybe give us a band suggestion. Tell us which episodes you liked. Tell us which episodes you hated. Tell us which episodes we were right on, and tell us which ones we were dead wrong on. Uh, you can communicate with us in a variety of ways, including facebook.com slash discography discussion. We are on Twitter at Discuss Metal. We are on Discord. We have a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server. You can send us an old-fashioned email at danandjoeshow at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we're all over that stuff, man. We'll We'll chat. We'll talk as long as it's not like the middle of the
0: night or like a creepy message. So... <laughs> And on that note, this has been episode 177 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, Joe, can I have some money? $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed.
1: The only chance is not to waste your life. Open have no
2: fear, the truth walks by our side And I'm sure these
1: can as you find